When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I grew up in rural Pennsylvania and have spent most of my life here. I've been hiking all over the state at least once a week every week since I began driving at 16. But all across the many state parks, I have spent thousands of hours hiking in the woods. I've had three strange encounters now since the summer of 2022, almost as if a door has been opened since the first one. The story I'm sharing today is the most recent thing that happened to me and my two buddies last Saturday night. It completely traumatized me. My two lifelong friends and I went on a spur-of-the-moment night. Hike Saturday night. I haven't hiked at night for nearly two years. I used to hike alone all the time. But hiking with these two guys made us all feel bold. We were hiking near the part of the Appalachian Trail where we grew up in Duncan and the AT runs through the town. There's a ridge next to the town with a very popular hiking vista called Hawk Rock. At the base of the mountain, there's a creek that flows into the Susquehanna River and a road that follows this creek back into the woods for about a mile and a half. It leads to Boy Scout camp shelters and water wells. 
follows the creek around a bend, and then ends where the road ends. We have a low-key camping site that follows an easy-to-miss trail that continues past the road and goes into the woods another couple hundred of yards. We're about two and a half miles from the car. We're sitting there talking about Sasquatch and encounters. Both of my friends have ever had an encounter. This night was totally dark with no moon. We couldn't see each other side by side without a flashlight, and it was dead quiet. In hindsight, it seems weird. There are normally lots of frogs along that creek. I've been at this campsite about two dozen times and never had anything happen to us there. We're talking about missing 411 and my two previous encounters. One friend has never heard the Sierra sounds, and my other friend told me not to play them. I made two tree knocks then. We played the Sierra sounds in total darkness. On cue, not even a minute went by, and a huge rock splashed into the creek about 30 yards away from the direction of our trail, and the only way out. I was already on my feet. I've thrown many rocks into creeks, rivers, and lakes, and that rock was large. It made that whoop sound of breaking the water and crashing into the creek bed. Immediately, we felt that sense of dread and danger. Then it happened a second and a third time back to back. I said we need to get the off out of here right now. We were 100% sober. I've been up and down that creek by kayak trail and fishing. It's one of the few areas in Pennsylvania that doesn't have beavers. I've never seen a beaver or signs of beavers anywhere along that creek. I've heard beaver tail slaps and it didn't sound like that at all. It was loud and scared the crap out of us. It was so close to us that it didn't seem like just a coincidence. We packed our bags up at hammocks in less than a minute and started walking out in the direction of these splashes. We got parallel to where it happened, maybe 30 seconds later. The creek was five feet to our left. There was a fog over the creek. We couldn't see the other side, but there was nothing over there but woods. Then it happened a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth time. Loud splashes of large rocks crashed into the water right next to us. I was on point. We're going through this trail with the brush to our right and the creek to our left dark. We weren't speaking to each other. We stuck together and were only focused on getting out. We got back to the road and we were practically jogging back toward the car. We were saying that was weird and was too close and too conveniently time. We continued down this road and got a mile away from where it happened. The road was maybe 50 feet from the creek now and a little bit higher up, but still parallel to the creek and completely silent, so quiet that you could hear a pin drop. We began to feel like we were okay now. But then it happened again. A large loud splash in the creek below is perfectly parallel to us. The sense of danger was palpable and we could feel it around us. Something was on the other side of the creek mirroring us. The problem was there are no trails, no houses, nothing but woods over there. Whatever it was over there was keeping pace with us silently without light or without a trail and we could feel it. We got to the end of the road and two kids were walking in with lights. We saw them coming. I said to my friends, we have to tell them what just happened. We couldn't let these kids go in there without warning. We told them what happened, and all of us were clearly shaken and rattled. We got into the car and drove back to my buddy's place in town. For three hours, we tried to rationalize and reason what it was. 
You couldn't think of any animal that checks all the boxes of the behavior. If it was somebody messing with us, they were in the middle of nowhere without a light, throwing large rocks, and moving silently without a trail. If it was an animal, we would have heard it moving. If it was something in the water, we would have heard it displacing water while moving. I know this area like the back of my hand. I'm terrified to go back outside again and afraid as soon as the sun goes down. We all felt like we were lucky to get out of there. I was excited about spring and summer and to get back out hiking again, but I am terrified at the thought of it. Me and my stepsister like to dick around in the woods by our house. We used to go down there a ton, not so much anymore. I remember about a year ago, we completely lost a trail that we went on every time. Like literally, we entered from the same spot and the woods just weren't the same. Another time we saw this sketchy looking shed in the middle of nowhere. Looked like it hadn't been touched in years. Had rope and a pickaxe in it. We also found this wooden gate after wandering somewhere we hadn't before and upon looking for it again, could to find it anywhere. There's always creepy shit like dolls in there. I once went by myself and had a horrible feeling I was being watched by fairies. There was a mushroom circle nearby and a tree with a sparkling rope. Not to mention the weird noises we hear a ton, but just choose to ignore. Also went kayaking once and saw some dead animal in a cave. The water surrounding that area was crazy cold. There was also a paddle and pieces of a small ship nearby. We were out fishing and kayaking all day. When it got dark, I said F it and just tossed my sleeping bag in my kayak and proceeded to snuggle into it as it was sitting on the dock. Most nights I wake up in the night for some reason or another, and this night was no different. I opened my eyes and looked up into the night sky because this lake is so dark. You can see the Milky Way, except it wasn't there. There was a pterodactyl crane, Jersey to Jipocrabra looking some bitch, standing over me like I'm a fat-ass sardine, stuck in the comfiest can ever snuggled into the goose down of his cousins. I honestly wanted to sit there and watch him as long as he didn't eat my eyeballs for a fourth meal appetizer, so I did. For a solid hour, he just sat there looking over the water, and I watched him. Also, when I was little, I got told a bunch of stories about tree hoppers. F that shit. During my third Philmont trek in 2003, we arrived at Miner's Park and set up camp for the night. As we were hanging our bear bags and chatting with one of the staff members, we heard a deafening roar come from across the meadow on the other side of the camp. The staff member looked at us with an amused grin and said, Oh yeah, we have some mountain lions in the area. They've been here for at least a week, so be careful tonight, guys. That night, most of us struggled to get any sleep as it sounded like the mountain lions were all around us. Every little noise made us jump, and we kept a close eye on our surroundings throughout the night. It was a tense and unnerving experience, but we were relieved to make it through the night unscathed. about five years ago, I was out with two friends. At the time, this group of friends liked to party hard, as did I. We were a few years out of college, living in a resort town. That night, we went out to dinner and then went to a bar. We all did a round of shots when we got to the bar. Immediately after the shot, I felt like I needed to throw up. 
It was odd because I had not drank much at dinner, and I was very accustomed to taking shots. This was a very bizarre reaction for me. I had been driven there by one of the friends, but I immediately decided I needed to leave, so I got a cab, went home, and felt completely fine when I got home. I would usually have been out until 4 a.m., but I was home by 11 p.m. I watched TV and went to bed, but the whole night, I had a weird feeling. I woke up the next morning, and the two girls I was with had been in a car accident. The person driving was drunk and texting, and she hit a huge telephone pole. The pole fell onto the car, almost splitting the car in half by the grace of God, the universe, something. Neither of them were harmed, but if someone was sitting in the back seat, they would have potentially been dead. I am 100% certain I would have gotten into that car and likely would have been sitting in that seat. I don't know if with drinking and driving or anyone who attempts to drink and drive anymore. I have a story to tell which could provide one possible explanation to what happened. A few years ago, one of my friend went off to a college in California. She spent a few quarters in the student dorms there and felt it was really expensive. So she found herself a place, townhouse I think which had a separate entrance to her living space, a little distance away, and would commute every day to and from her classes, and she'd stay gone for most part of the day. In the first week, she started to notice some signs. Her clothes on the floor in the morning when she would clearly remember she'd left them on a chair. Water spilled on the floor in her living room. Shower which never seemed to dry completely and little things missing here and there. I remember we used to joke about how she was getting old and forgetful during our calls. This one day, however, she comes home to a broken cup which she swore was a new one and she never used it later that day. When she was talking about it on a group call, most of us were saying she is being paranoid and a broken cup was not sign enough that her house is haunted, which at that point she was certain about. This one guy did recommend her to record the house while she was gone. She took his advice, did a bit of research, and decided to buy a ring or some equivalent of it back then for her front door and some cheap motion sensor camera for her kitchen and living room. The ring got delivered first, and she set it up immediately while the rest of her stuff was due to be delivered the next day. Next morning, she goes about her day, like she always would, gets back home and checks to see what the ring captured. To her horror, she sees the two events, one capture of a guy leaving the house and the other, the same guy getting back into the house. The second one was just a few minutes before her viewing. She freaks out as one would expect and yeets out of there, calls the police who come in and arrest this guy, who was basically co-living with my friend in her apartment. Apparently, there was an attic door of some sort which my friend never opened, and that had a roof access which he made his home. He would basically wait for my friend to leave, to take a shower, pour himself some coffee, help himself to something from the refrigerator, get out if he needs to and make sure he comes back in before my friend gets back, which used to be pretty late in the evening. This incident scarred her and she chose to move back to the dorms soon after. When she was packing to leave, she found a pillow and some blankets in the walk-in closet in her bedroom, which she never saw when she moved in. That freaked her out even more because she believes that dude must have spent several nights in the closet while she slept on the bed 
and she never knew. It was a typically crisp day when I, Hugh, decided to explore the cutover area near Larch Mountain, Wyoming. This place, bordered by dense forests on either side, had always intrigued me. I had an adventurous spirit always have, and the unknown depths of the woods called to me. That day, a cool northern wind blew, rustling the branches of the trees and sending leaves fluttering around me. However, as I moved deeper into the woods, a very pungent odor assaulted my senses. It was an overpowering smell, a sense so strong that it made me feel lightheaded. It seemed to emanate from the darkness of the woods, drawing me towards it. Following my instincts, I ventured further into the forest, trying to locate... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hate the source of the smell. After some time, I stumbled upon a dead deer carcass rotting away amidst the foliage. But oddly, the smell wasn't coming from there. The stench was different, more potent and disturbing, feeling puzzled but undeterred. I decided to explore another area, about a quarter of a mile away. Half an hour had passed since I'd first encountered the smell, and just as I was beginning to think I'd imagined it, the odor reappeared. This time, it was stronger, more nauseating. Then, in the midst of the dense silence of the woods, I heard a strange noise. It sounded like clicks on the tree trunks, coming from the woods on a nearby hill that overlooked my location. The sound was incredibly loud, like the hammering of a hundred-pound woodpecker. The woods, which had been eerily silent moments before, now echoed with the sound of the mysterious clicks. That's when I felt it a cold rush of fear, a primal instinct to flee. I've always been one for adventure, but this, this was something different. It was a clear message, a warning from the woods. I wasn't welcome there. So I did what most sensible people would do in a situation like that. I got the hell out of there. The woods might call to my adventurous spirit, but that day, they whispered a different message, one of caution and respect for the unknown. I love waking up in the dark and walking the sunrise with my dogs. I didn't intend to own two huskies in a German Shepherd mix, but they each found me, and I couldn't turn them away. We usually jog about five miles daily, often in the neighborhood, but nearly as often I load us up in the van and drive ten minutes to the wooded metro park. I love it there. They offer some trails that allow quads and motorbikes, some bicycles and skis, some just people. And last year they opened a new one that allows pets. It's a five-mile loop into the area farthest from the city. We live on the northern edge of town. But in the dark with no leaves on the trees, you can clearly see the red glow of the CVS sign for most of the hike. These are tamed woods with asphalt paths and concrete fire pits and rangers patrolling regularly 
and the hospital behind CVS means there's emergency medical care in walking distance. I was up coughing again in the night. I had a serious case of pneumonia two months ago and was not fully recovered when this sinus infection hit me. I'm past the fever part, so we're walking. Not yet jogging again, but after being up in the night, I didn't get up in time to go walk before I dropped my kids off at school. Then my youngest had an appointment, and then I had to run a few errands. And then we had unexpected visitors right after school, and then they stayed for dinner. And finally, I got the dogs into the van, and we made it to the park just before it started to get dark. I was irritated at all the little things that had kept me from my walk all day. But as we drove all the way to the back of the park, I realized we'd be walking the sunset, watching it over the lake and the hills and through the bear trees. And the park was clearing out. Now, as it started towards dark, we would very nearly have the place to ourselves and might not have to pull off the path to let others pass us. An amazing number of people who are afraid of dogs hike the pet path. All those little irritations had led up to this singular moment of beauty I would not otherwise have seen and appreciated. This was going to be a really good walk. Funny how life works out when you let it. I parked in my spot at the farthest end of the parking lot by the bathrooms. A mile long people walkers or joggers. Only path looped through the woods and by the lake and came out by the bathrooms. I like to run it when I came here alone. It was a glorious walk through a Bob Ross painting. My mind cleared and my thoughts quieted, and I simply experienced the woods, my feet on the path, my dogs panting, the nature sounds, the beauty of the sky. I absolutely loved it. About halfway now, and the city sounds had faded away till I could only hear the birds and frogs and insects all singing their songs of territory and mating and life. Crack, utter silence, and absolute stillness. My dogs and I turned instantly towards the source of the sound and froze, behind us and to the right. The sound had come from the crest of a hill. I could see nothing and heard only the dogs panting. I waited for the nature sounds to return. They did not. All three of the dogs slowly raised their ruffs, first standing on end all around their shoulders and necks, tails held tall and proud, making themselves look larger and more threatening. I took a step towards them and... The female husky, the leader of my little pack, instantly put her ears back and her head down and pulled me down the path. All three of them left their tails and ruffs up, but the two males also put ears back and heads down and began to pull me, so off. We went. The woods were still silent. We must have startled a buck on the slope of the hill, not seen him. And after we passed, he leapt up the hill and jumped a dead tree and his hoof hit a dead branch and the branch broke crack and scared everyone. Why were the woods still silent? Maybe there's someone up there. Homeless people must stay here sometimes. The bathrooms have heat so the pipes don't freeze. This is about as far out as the path goes. It would be a good place to sleep. Maybe he's setting up a shelter and crack broke a branch. Why were the woods still silent? We were about as far from the city as we could get in these woods, and you couldn't see the CVS sign or the glow from streetlights, or even hear the traffic noises. It was dark and still and absolutely quiet except for the panting dogs and four sets of footsteps on the path. I wanted to run. The dogs wanted to run. Bigfoot. That was a Bigfoot breaking a log to say get out. There are no Bigfoot in city limits. I promise you that. Brain.
It was a deer. The woods are still quiet because of U.S. I have 200 pounds of dog here. Years they're the big huskies. And another 200 pounds of me. Yeah, I'm a little fat, but I've got good muscle underneath. I have broad shoulders that don't fit into women's shirts and big hands that don't fit into women's gloves. I can lift 100 pounds over my head. We are the scariest thing in these woods. There's no bear. There's no wolves. There's no Bigfoot. There are deer, and there are foxes, and there might be an angry raccoon, but we are the biggest, baddest, scariest thing in these woods. Unless there's someone with a gun. Shut up. You're not helping. The dogs had not stopped once to sniff or mark. Heads down, ears back, tails and ruffs still held high. They just wanted to go. We'd gone almost a mile now, me craning my head the whole time, trying to see as far as I could in all directions while letting the dogs pull me down the path. And it was still absolutely silent. Not an overflying goose. Not a cricket. Nothing moved. Nothing made a sound. Except us. Here came the third and longest of the three steep hills on this trail. I had been running these to rebuild my strength and endurance. But if I ran this, I'd be blown at the top. The top where it curved around as it crested, and you couldn't see anything past the thick trees. The top where if you were deeper in the woods, you could follow a more gradual ridge up to the crest of the hill and wait, unseen for someone to come up the path. Ambush. It was a deer. Turn around. It was just a deer. What if it's behind us? Ambush. Deer. Gun. Bigfoot. This is why I run. The noise in my head is unbearable otherwise. Up the hill. Walk. Pay attention. Watch the dogs. The dogs were still on alert, but didn't hesitate to go up the hill. In fact, they wanted to go faster. Let's walk. Don't get smoked. Be able to run or fight if you have to. Yeah, okay. I'm scared too. The woods should not still be silent. The dog should not still be on alert. It's not a cat or a bear or a wolf, and I really doubt it's Bigfoot. But it could be a person. So let's be smart. Just walk. We are not good prey. The dogs will protect me. The huskies might not, alone. But the shepherd will, and they'll follow his lead. Be smart and get out. Only another mile now to the lake and the first parking lot then another half mile along the lake to the second lot where my van was. Hearing traffic noises now, but still no birds. No crickets. No frogs. The smell almost stopped me in my tracks, but the dogs kept pulling. Sour and grassy and oddly metallic and shit. Shit and blood and partially digested grass. I smelled the contents of a deer's stomach. Someone hunted these woods, and the dogs were not at all interested in the smell. He ran. I don't remember much of that last mile. We just ran. Desna, the big female husky, finally stopped to drink some lake water as we came out by the parking lot. Then she began to sniff and pee. The boys followed her lead. There was a single truck parked. I relaxed quite a bit, but still felt on edge. Down the lake in the next parking lot I could see headlights. They must be parked at the turn around at the end of the lot closest to the lake. Their headlights illuminated the lakeside path. They're watching us, halfway to the van now, and the car drove away. Twenty feet from the van, I heard a motor coming down the nearest path. I decided to put the dogs in the car on the driver's side instead of the passenger side like normal. The sound of the motor came closer. The leashes caught on the armrest.
and I had to untangle them before the dogs could jump into the van. The motor came closer down the path. I had to be gone before it came out. I knew it with an absolute certainty. Finally, the dogs were I slammed the door and jumped in the front, fumbling for the lock button, shaking hands on clipping the keys from my jogging belt, starting the car and gunning it into reverse. And as my headlights swept over the entrance of the path by the bathrooms, they lit up a four-wheeler coming out of the woods. I was dropping the transmission into drive and hitting the gas. And as my brain processed what my eyes saw, it informed me there was something across the handlebars. A gun? A deer carcass? I couldn't tell, and because of the angle when pulling away, I couldn't see him in the rearview mirror at all. It was dark. I was driving my truck going south on Highway 219 out of Hillsboro. I had the truck's bright lights on. I was scanning the countryside for wildlife as is my practice. I've seen hundreds of deer and a number of elk over the years. Not necessarily in this location. But what I saw that night made my mouth drop open. I saw a very tall, shaggy golden brown animal with two very long legs. Its arms were hugging its sides. It was standing as still as a tree as the headlights hit him. My first impression was, that is the biggest deer I have ever seen in my life. But even though it was looking directly into the headlights, the eyes were not reflective. It had no antlers. And as I got closer, I saw that it didn't have hind legs or a horizontal body attached. It was taller than an elk and much, much taller than a white-tailed deer. I would estimate that it stood approximately eight feet tall. It had a good build, well-proportioned. The hair seemed to be about four inches long and covered all the body except for the eyes. The head was round on top with little or no neck. The face appeared flat and the nose was small enough not to be noticed. The hair had a slight wave to it. It did not lay flat. To tell the truth, it looked a lot like Chewbacca Saipie from Star Wars. It was standing in a field about two, three pickup lengths from the road, facing the road at an angle in such a way that my headlights hit him straight on as I approached, and I could see him from the side as I passed him. As I was going 55 miles per hour, so I saw him for only seconds. But the image is etched in my brain. I've thought about this since the day it happened and can figure out nothing else that it could be other than a Sasquatch. I finally decided to report it, also noticed. Everything was ordinary. I was in such denial of what I saw that I didn't even turn the car around. But the image stayed in my mind. I drove by the field again about an hour later. The animal was gone. While performing a nighttime land navigation course for the National Guard, I was the lead person of an eight-man squad moving through predetermined checkpoints. I felt that there was something moving approximately 50 meters to the right of our formation through the trees. When I looked in the direction, I observed a very tall creature moving rapidly behind the trees. Using very large strides, this creature was moving very deliberately, but did not appear to be moving at full speed. The creature continued to move away from my group until it was no longer visible between the forest trees. Nobody else in the group saw the creature, although when I asked, the others said that I looked like I was scared. 